This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. All right, we are uh, set to go. So good to have you along here. John Scholes in attendance, as always, hosting this puppy. And with me, employment lawyer Darren Saul. You reach out to Darren anytime, by the way, when we're not doing the show. Ready to answer your questions during the week, of, uh, especially one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But uh, right here, right now, as just mentioned, yeah, we're here for the hour, so call us uh, live and ask your questions. Save some time, get some quick answers, and be that third person on air with us. That toll-free number again, one 877 is the way we like to roll. The main topic here in just a few moments will be, so what does an employment lawyer actually do? We'll get to some of those points. Points. And I know Darren wants to expand on each of the uh, each of the points as we go through. But first, we always start off with the case of the day or something you've been working on, pal. What do you got? Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, before we jump into everything today, I actually had a very, very interesting case cross my desk earlier this week. Um, it was an individual who was actually being terminated from a very, very large company. I'll keep the company's name out of it for now. Um, but what happened, he'd been working there for about 15 years. Um, so, you know, a long service guy. He's, he's been, uh, you know, loyal to the company the last 15 years. Um, turns out they're, they're going to be moving some operations around and, and he's being let go. Um, what was interesting about this is, you know, he didn't sign an employment contract when he first started 15 years ago. Um, and in January of this year, about four months before, he, you know, the company was looking to terminate him, they gave him a new employment contract to sign. And lo and behold, this new employment contract basically just spelled out what he was already doing for, for, you know, the last 15 years. And, and, uh, they said, well, this is, this is basically just to formalize things and, and then we'll move <laughs> forward. Uh, well, you know, lo, lo and behold, I mean, he, he smelled something a little fishy, but, you know, he'd been with this employer for so long. He figures, okay, I'll sign this and then, uh, let's, let's move forward. Um, you know, the, the, the contract had a termination clause in there now. And prior to this, without an employment contract, um, you know, the guy who called wasn't uh, subject to any limits on his rights uh, or entitlements upon termination for, for severance or, or, or notice or anything like that. And this new contract uh, restricted him severely to just the, the minimums, you know, so 15 years. And uh, when he was terminated, the company said, well, you know, you signed the contract and, and you're out of here with uh, eight weeks of notice after 15 years. And, um, you know, understandably, he called me distraught. Uh, you know, he's got three kids and a wife at home. He's, he's got a family to provide for. And he's like, you know, two months, what's this going to do for me? Um, you know, but uh, I fell for him. And, and, you know, luckily, the way that this occurred, you know, I'll talk a bit more about that. But, you know, I'm going to help him. Um, you know, when you're given a contract like this, you, you there's, a, there's some basic stuff to know for contracts. And you have to be given something for it. In most cases, when you sign a contract, it's before you start a job. And, and you sign the contract, you're given the job in exchange for that. It makes the contract enforceable. Here, he's been working for 15 years. He got nothing for this. In fact, he had things taken away. Um, you know, and, and so I, I feel for him. I'm going to help him. Um, you know, get him the compensation he's he's deserved. You know, 15 years. He's in a fairly senior position. I mean, he could be looking as much as 18, 19 months of severance. I um, you know, we're 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 going to go through that together. And and uh, you know, it's it's a significant difference from you know two months. Um, you know, and, and so he was happy when he heard that. And, and I'm going to give him a hand. And, and this does happen. You know, more often than people think. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned that, and when you say given something for it, it's yeah, the job initially when you first start a job, you sign the contract. We're giving you employment. That's the that's the thing. But you know, midstream, fifteen years on, even if he signs that contract and he isn't given what you guys refer to as consideration, uh, a pay raise, extra week holiday, you know, a new car, something. I mean, is this even legally binding at that point? Is that why you can help him and get the proper severance for this because he wasn't given anything for signing that contract fifteen years later? That's exactly it, John. He, he wasn't given anything for this. And oh. it's, it's a very simple thing just to be given anything. It could be, a, like you said, a gift card. Eh? It could be a car. Uh, it <laughs> could be a raise, a pr- promotion. You know, but you got to be, you know, you're, you're signing something that restricts your rights. You got to be given something for that um, in order to make that legally enforceable. And in this case, because he wasn't, um, you know, I'm going to be able to help him. That's not going to be, you know, enforceable. That, that contract is not going to restrict his rights and he's going to get his full entitlements. He's going to get his full severance. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we, we always say in the show, as you know, Darren, that any time you're working somewhere and then a contract is slid, it's never to your advantage. It's never for, hey, we're going to be even nicer <laughs> to you. It's never good for you. It's always on the side of the employer. I mean, the, the playing field slanted their way. If they're signing, if they're sending you a contract, well, you're already working there, right? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. And I mean, it's, you know, regardless of how much you trust your employer, how great they've been to you, the purpose of a contract is to spell out entitlements. And, you know, in, in all of those cases, you know, when, when people come to me and they're like, you know, hey, Darren, I've, I've just got terminated. Unfortunately, I don't have a contract. And I'm like, no, 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 that's awesome. not how you look at that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's thankfully you don't have a contract because the only thing that that would do is restrict your rights. And, 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 you know, so, so, if you're if you're given a contract mid midstream of employment, reach out to us. You know, have us review it because there's likely going to be something there that that should kind of perk your perk your curiosity or perk your interest. Yeah, we always say you know it's it it seems counterintuitive to people to to go into something like a job without a you know a big fat contract and a binder, but it's it's counterintuitive to think that you shouldn't go in. You'd be better off with a handshake or something on a napkin for sure. So just keep that in mind if uh, if you're listening to the show this afternoon. By the way, you can phone in talk. Anytime we're here to take your calls, right? Toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. We're live, ready to go, and uh, you can email help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get some emails a little later on in the hour. But as I mentioned, the uh, main topic for today. So, uh, what does an employment lawyer actually do? First point, Darren, give me this: helps you get everything you are owed, even if you are let go. How do you go about doing that? So there's a number of ways that, that you know, we, we go about assisting people with what they're owed when they're terminated, John. Part, part of it is looking at what they're, you know, if they've got an employment contract, because many employers do put those in place, you know, we look and see what's spelled out in the employment contract. You know, the analysis doesn't end there. There are other things people are given as employment involves. They, they get bonuses. Um, they get, uh, you know, share options sometimes. They get benefit amounts. They get pension contributions. I mean, there are a number of things. So when you're looking at, you know, getting everything you're owed, it's not just your salary. It's not just your wages, or your hourly rate or, or whatnot over a certain period of time. Um, it, it's everything that forms part of your compensation. Um, you know, there, there, like I said, there's bonuses that are sometimes included in that pension contributions. Um, you know, if there's RRSP matching, a lot of people have very creative packages. Um, the biggest one that I see the most often is, uh, bonuses is, is people are saying, right. well, you know, I was terminated, you know, just before getting my bonus and, and depending on the situations, you know, we can help you get that bonus. So it's, it's, you know, something we do look into. It is something that is not a real straightforward answer. It's very fact specific, but, uh, you know, we basically get you anything you're owed, any part of your compensation and all parts of your compensation. 
And it really is at that point. I mean, if you're looking at uh, getting more than what's laid out in this in your severance package when you're let go, I mean, people say, "Well, Darren, I could just go in." You know, the, the employer knows me. I'll just say, "No, no, I've, I've, you know, I, I know I should get more. I should get this, this, and this. Give it to me." It doesn't have any gravitas going in without an employment lawyer. Number one, because you just won't be taking. They can say, "No, we're not going to give it to you." What are you going to do about it? You have no recourse because you're not a lawyer. Number two, is it not true that you even still thinking you may go in and get more, you may still undercut yourself. You may not know what you're actually owed you know what i mean you'll be doing yourself a, a oh yeah a, an injustice right oh very very much so right and, and the thing i you know I, i've had people ask me that very same question you know why do i need to, to go in with an employment lawyer why can't you know i listen to your guys shows there's great mm-hmm. they're great resources i've learned quite a bit why can't i go in with that well i mean the fact of the matter is is if your employer wanted to give you that out of the gate they would have given it to you Right there, there. Sometimes it's a matter of the employer not knowing what they're supposed to be giving you, and and then they need someone with some measure of authority, you know, such as an employment lawyer, letting them know, you know, hey, you've tried to do maybe a good thing here, but hey, you're you're coming up short, and this is where we come in to inform you what so and so's, you know, your employees' um, actual entitlements are. Uh, other cases that they full well know, and and they, you know, it's it's a numbers game a lot of the time, right? They they full on bank on you not knowing your rights or you not knowing your your full entitlement and coming in and saying well I'm, I'm not owed the bonus because it's you know not payable for six months and under my contract I only get three weeks of severance and the employer may say oh okay we'll give you an extra week or, or two weeks to to you know make you happy and you can go away we're being very generous when in fact you know that, that situations actually happened that's where I'm drawing that from is is when it happened that person was owed over over 12 months of severance including a bonus and that's what they walked away with. And, and so, you know, going in uh, with just, you know, part of the knowledge may only get you part of what you're owed. Um, where we, I think, bring the, the, um, the benefit is we make sure that you are, are getting everything you're owed and all your yeah, entitlements. Yeah. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. You betcha it is that time to grab a phone. If you have questions, bring it on now. That number exactly toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. To get on air with Darren and myself, email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about arming yourself with as much knowledge as you can, but even though, even though you'll still want to call Darren and have a lawyer on your side, um, more can be had at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, a variety of topics, which we cover weekly on the show. You'll also have free access to the severance calculator, which does exactly what you think it does. It calculates your severance to a much more accurate number than the one that the uh, former employer is going to put at the bottom of your severance package. So use that before you assign back anything for sure, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. .ca, but our main topic for uh, today, we're talking about what exactly does an employment lawyer do? How can they help you? They can also, Darren, help you deal with changes to the terms of your employment because that can be kind of tricky to deal with too, right? Oh, very much so. And this is something that we're seeing, you know, coming in and going into and coming out of the pandemic, I guess. This is something we're seeing more and more often is people um, getting substantial and sometimes insubstantial changes to their employment. Um, The biggest one I've seen, the most common one I've seen is remote work. 
Yeah. I've seen people who were, you know, in office prior to the pandemic and people who were remote during the pandemic at that point. And then now, the, you know, the, the companies are saying, well, you know, we want you to come back. And, and that's what we're that's what, how we're going to be operating moving forward. Um, you know, that's a big one that we've seen. And, and so I've had a lot of people call me uh, just about can the employer do this? You know, can my employer make me come back? Can my employer say drop my pay? I've seen that before. Can my employer restrict my bonuses? Can my employer force me to work in the office, force me to work from home, force me to travel for work? And a lot of these are, are specific questions. You know, if you've got an employment contract, what's spelled out in there may control what, what occurs with your, um, with your employment, uh, you know, but uh, people come to us with these, these questions, come to us with the, you know, the, the employment contracts and the changes. And we do sometimes work in the background with them to, to, to help them understand what their employer's doing and whether they're allowed to do that and navigate those. Um, and sometimes we come out and, and actually deal with the employer directly just to say, listen, you can't do this, or this is what so-and-so is willing to do. So, you know, we, we do get involved in that quite a bit. And again, guys, uh, any time over the uh, remainder of the hour to call in, talk to us, ask some questions, toll free, always invited, one 399 In that regard, we'll get to Sharon, who's been uh, standing by patiently for a couple minutes. Sharon, uh, welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for taking my Thank call. You. you bet. Thank you for taking the time. What's up? Um, of course. This is a question for someone who lives in Saskatchewan. Can you help someone in Saskatchewan? Yes. Sharon? You can. Uh, so, so Sharon, right right now we we operate our our firm operates in uh, BC, Ontario, and, and Alberta. Um, right. You know, employment laws do differ across the country, but but it also depends on what type of work you you have going on. Whether you're right. working only in Saskatchewan or you're working for a company outside of the jurisdiction, you're working in Alberta or BC mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, you know, we do have tons of contacts as well, and so I always you know I've had people call me from Manitoba, uh, from Newfoundland. Um, and I just say, give us a call. We can always talk. And, and if we can't help you, given your situation, we can always right. maybe refer you to someone who can. Could I quickly tell you the situation or is it better? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Um, I did look up employment standards for Saskatchewan and, and learned a little bit. But um, our friend has been working for about 14 years for a private uh, school. He's been working in janitorial services, and it's been part-time most of the time. So they are now trying to get rid of him. They've, they've said all kinds of things about him, that he's this, he's done this, and there's no proof to anything. And now they have sent him um, via email a letter, and they say he has till Tuesday, May the 2nd, to sign it, and they're offering him $7,000. And he also has to sign a non-disclosure uh, piece of paper or something. So far, he has not signed anything. Yeah. Good. Um, so I'm just wondering. I, I'm sure he's mm-hmm. owed more than seven thousand. But is there anything he well, can do? Well, so Sharon, that's an. Yeah, I mean, general. I, like I said, I'm not familiar with the the you know employment standards in in um, mm-hmm. in Saskatchewan, or if your friend has a contract or whatnot, if there's any restrictions. But but I, you know, I, I can speak to you generally about this because this is something that happens all the time. Right. You know, you're given a deadline by the employer uh, to sign something. Obviously, you, you're you're hitting the nail on the head with the the non-disclosure. But what that typically also is is a release. And if you sign that, you accept the package. And if you accept mm-hmm. the package, then there's no way to go back for more compensation. 
jurisdiction. I, I tell everyone who comes across my desk, jur jurisdiction notwithstanding, it doesn't even matter. Talk to an employment lawyer. Definitely get in touch uh, with an employment lawyer um, immediately to review that package. The, the reality of it is this, is if you are only getting your minimum entitlements, um, you are owed those no matter what under under employment standards legislation. If right. you're getting anything extra and you don't sign the package, that's where your risk is. So whether or not he's owed another week, two weeks, three months or six months, that's what the risk is. Um, and so to, to really figure out what his entitlements are, I would say have him contact an employment lawyer in Saskatchewan. Uh, you can always go to, to employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, my details are up on there. A number of my colleagues are as well. You can also reach out to any number of us, and we can probably prefer your friend to someone. Right. Um, you know, it, it is, you know, it's a, it's a tricky situation when you're given that deadline. Uh, but once you sign, it, it is always a personal decision. But once you sign, then that's it. You're, you're typically, you know, you're, you're done. You, you've accepted that package. Right. You're ex accepted that severance, even if you're owed more. And then you're just right. stuck with moving, moving forward, unfortunately. Well, after not being able to prove You can always ask for an extension. Sorry? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, the other, the other thing your, your, your friend can do is... No, is that it can ask for an extension. Oh, okay. okay. It's to ask for an extension to sign to to get um, to get some legal advice or to review his options. Is, is he can always um, ask for an extension of that deadline by four or five days or whatnot. Right. Most employers will be willing to grant that. He's well, not, I assume he's, it, he's not unionized, is he, Sharon? I'm no, I don't believe yeah. so. It's okay. a private Good. school, but okay. they um, mm -hmm. they said in this letter after accusing him of all kinds of things that he was being let go without cause. So, you know, mm -hmm. he hasn't done anything wrong. Supposedly, yeah, yeah and yeah, and, and that sounds exactly right, Sharon. I would say in that case, you know, have him reach out to an employee. I mean, if you just do a quick Google search, Saskatchewan, you, you'll you'll yeah. be able to find someone who will be able to give you that assistance one hundred percent. But I think definitely for anyone who who's in a situation like that, you know, you always reach out because, mm -hmm. especially if they've preface this with some kind of write-up uh, again it's not going to be a you know we, we write you up for all this stuff and then we we want to we want to give you some money to leave quietly it's probably because they know that their write-ups are going to go nowhere and they, they likely know this is a leverage tactic to to again i don't know the situation entirely but it's likely a leverage tactic to say well we've written you up for all this this nasty stuff so accept this small amount of money we're going to pay you don't cause an issue and go away um mm -hmm. You know, okay. so I, I think that there would you be, go. Yeah, no, have a reach out definitely. Thank All right, Sharon, I'm going to, uh, you bet, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll give you, that, uh, give you that phone number so you can call if you need to, 1-855-821-5900. Or as Darren just said, employmentlawyer.ca. You can go to that website as well. So there you go. One of many situations you're going to come across. And uh, you can call us as well, just like Sharon did. Use that number, 1-877-399-9898. We'll get you on air here. we got about a minute and a half before we break. But I want to get back to what uh, an employment lawyer can really do for you. And one of them is, is help you enforce your rights when coming back from a disability or when your employer won't accommodate your medical restrictions. We'll probably pick it up after the break in a minute, Darren, but at least you can start out on it. That's uh, that's part of what you do every day, yeah? Oh, yeah, John. We see this quite often. People come back, they're on disability for any number of reasons. Uh, and at a certain point, their doctors and them think, okay, I'm ready to go try out, try out work again. Um, and you go back and your employer says, oh, no, sorry, we don't have a position for you. We don't, we, we're not able to accommodate the changes that your doctor wants to put in place. And in, in, in a lot of cases, that is, 
you know, incorrect. The, the employer has an obligation to accommodate any, you know, reasonable restrictions your doctors put in place, such as right. most people will try a graduate and return to work. Um, and, and, you know, the employer is required to, to make use of that and, and, and to say, okay, well, you know, we'll try you out on this and we'll work you back sure. up. There are a number of changes that can occur with employment when you're coming back on an accommodated basis. The key here, and this is probably something we'll pick up right after the break here, is you know, for an employer to say, we can't accommodate your medical restrictions, it has to be an undue hardship. And that is an extremely high bar, as it should be, um, to prevent someone from coming back to work. But, but I think we'll, we'll pick that up in a, in a moment here after the break. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to it. Still got lots of time to call us like Sharon did. Get some answers right. Toll free 1-877-399-9890. Get on live with us here and ask your questions. Emails can be sent help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website anytime when we're not doing the show, but you want to learn more and have more contact information again free at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca we were talking about ways an employment lawyer can help you why you should always call them before you make that first move uh, regardless whether it's a severance package or anything to do with your uh, your job always reach out to darren get some advice and we were talking about coming back from disability leave or when your uh, employer won't accommodate your medical restrictions um, disability leave your doctor has the final say. We know that. They are the gatekeeper of your health, Darren. It's their say whether you're fit to come back or not. It doesn't matter what the insurance company says. It doesn't matter what your employer says. It's all about your doctor. And as far as on the employer's side, as I think you were expanding on, when it comes to the uh, the case of accommodation, pretty high threshold for employers. I mean, even higher for a big employer that's got lots of resources. But even your mom and pop shop still have to go to a pretty good extent to accommodate any restrictions that you need. Yeah. Oh, very much so, John. It's it's a you know it's it's a very high threshold, as you said. Typically, you know, in a lot of the cases where it's been found that you know the employer actually doesn't have that right, which again is is a very slim number of cases, is where bringing you back would require a large expenditure of money. Um, that's really what undue hardship looks at. Is are you going to you know is bringing you back going to require the employer to pay? tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands mm. of dollars. And if that's the case, then, then you, know, you may be in a situation where they don't have to accommodate. And then how that's dealt with, again, it's not a simple matter. The, even in situations like that, there, you know, it may be that you then can't go back to work and you look to start transitioning out. And your long-term disability, if you're, on, if you're on that, on a disability leave, they may come into play there as well. Um, but in most cases, I would say, you know, the vast majority of cases, when you come back, it's not going to be a, va- uh, you know, a large sum of money the employer has to expend to bring someone back from disability leave. It's, you know, maybe uh, a graduated return of hours. Maybe it's some ergonomics, you know, some uh, a different chair, computer stuff, things like that. You know, very simple and straightforward things that almost any employer can can. Uh, can put forward and, and, and can do um, and that they're required to. Um, and, and so, you know, if you're in a situation where your doctor says, yeah, you can go back to work, but there's uh, these these minor or these these some accommodations that need to be made and your employer pushes back, reach out, call us. Because it, in nine times out of 10, I'll say it, it's, it's things that your employer will have to provide and we can help you. Whether it's with getting your employer on board or helping you, you know, negotiate a severance package in that case. Yeah. 
And by the way, as uh, Darren just mentioned, to reach out, you can anytime. We're not doing the show. one 821 Help at employmentlawyer.ca to do exactly that. Something else that, uh, you know, Darren, an employment lawyer like Darren can do as a, as a, as a lawyer for you as an employee is help you respond uh, to your employer. If they're starting to build up a case against you with bad performance reviews, it's kind of like what Sharon mentioned with her friends as a janitor. You know, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. They were trying to build that case up before they let them go. That's what was happening there, right? But again, don't sit back and take yeah. it. Call you ahead of time, right? Oh, definitely. I tell people if your if your employer is starting to take a take a look at you in, in that regard, um, you know, give us a call right away. Don't wait until you're two or three performance reviews deep because there might be an issue at that point that is you know more difficult to get over. I, I always tell people there's very few cases that are you know. Per, you know, present an insurmountable, um, you know, odds that, that we can't get over. But, but, you know, when you start to get written up, that's usually an indication that either your employer is starting to look at you, especially if it's out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, I've had people, you know, following COVID, I, I think this is, this has been the biggest change for employment everywhere. I've seen a lot more longer service people being written up, people in their 50s, in their 60s who have been places for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Um, 30 years and who are now being written up for, you know, the most minor of things or things that have been going on for the last five or 10 years or 15 years that the employer is now like, well, no, sorry, this is now an issue for us. Irrespective of you've been doing this and this is how we've operated for the last 10 years, this is now an issue we need to deal with and writing you up. In most cases, a single write-up won't be enough to terminate you for cause. Um, and, and, you know, I know we throw that you know, term around without cause and cause. The real distinction to know here is if you're terminated for cause, the employer will not owe you severance. Um, but just like with failing to accommodate someone coming back from a disability leave, the bar for cause is, is very high. It is a very difficult threshold to meet. If you've been terminated for cause, uh, I help people like this routinely. I, I like cause cases because they are they are difficult um, in, in terms of the employer has already, say, formed an opinion uh, of, of your conduct. And, and a lot of the times I found that opinion is incorrect. Um, they think things like, performance issues. If you don't, if you're not good at your job and they write you up once, they can terminate you for cause. No, even if you're not good at your job, according to the employer, and they decide to terminate you, they still owe you severance. Uh, they still owe you your, your appropriate and legal severance. Uh, and, and like you've said before, John, that could be up to 24 months. Um, yeah. You know, when, when it comes to building a case against someone, you know, if an employer, if your employer is doing that and they have a progressive discipline policy, they, they do things like, we'll give you one, one uh, verbal write-up, uh, you know, three written write-ups, and then you're terminated and you're terminated for cause at that point, um, don't wait until the last write-up to come talk to me. Because if they have a policy, and if all of the write-ups are legit, you, you, could be, um, you could be terminated for cause and not owed severance. But if you come to us early enough, I've helped many people navigate their way around that, you know, as far as, uh, you know, responding to the employer, as far as looking at the actual write-ups. Um, you know, there's, there's certain things that have to be in place. They have to not only write you up, but give you time and the ability to address the issue you were written up for. They can't write you up. And I've seen this before where someone gets written up five times in five days for the same thing and then uh -huh. is terminated. Well, it, you know, it may seem nice for the employer, but it doesn't work like that. And, and you know, that the individual that happened to, I was able to help and we were able to get him the severance he was owed. Um, and so always reach out earlier, the better. 
Well, yeah, because and, and we said on the show many times that both for you and when you're saying something to your employer, silence is the same as acceptance. It does you no good to sit quietly and not respond to your employer, you know, saying, no, I, I disagree with this, this, and this, what you've written up here. I disagree with that, that, and that. If you don't say anything and, uh, you know, six months or a year goes by, it's a bit of a tougher fight, isn't it? Oh, very much so. You know, silence is the same as accepting in in, in, in a lot of these cases. Like you said, especially if you're looking at six to 12 months, a lot of performance reviews, people, you know, the employer will try to make you sign it uh, to to acknowledge it. And and they'll say, well, this is just to acknowledge it. But unfortunately, when you look at that, say six months down the road, there's nothing there saying this is to acknowledge it. This is you accepting it. And, and so I, I've, I've told people generally, if that happens, to, to sign it, if you, ha- if you are going to sign it, I, I, you know, my first advice is typically not to sign them. Um, yep. But if you're in a position where you have to, um, you know, sign it and say, you know, I don't agree with this, but I'm signing to acknowledge that this has been discussed and then see us right away. See us before you get to that point if you can. But if this comes out of the blue, um, you know, either don't sign or see us right away. Make it clear. Make it clear that you are not accepting that, especially if you disagree with the reason you're being written up. Again, still lots of time to call in, ask your questions live on air. Join the show, toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. Again, an employment lawyer like Darren can help you review, understand, and negotiate your employment agreement. We talked about that right off the top of the show. Having no agreement is excellent, but if you're either given one before you start a job or mid-employment, do not even put pen to paper at all give Darren a call because that's uh, that's key, right? That could affect your future in a big way, right? Oh, very much. You know, if, if you're given one, especially midstream uh, yeah. of employment, you've been working for six months or a year or something like that, and you give, uh, you're given an employment agreement, there's nothing good that's going to come from that. Typically, you know, the first place I tell people to turn, see if there's a termination clause in there. See if it's different if you've already signed a contract. See if it's different than the one you signed. Typically, if it's different than the one you signed, this new one is probably enforceable. Your employer's probably gone to a lawyer. And the lawyer has said, oh, that, you know, your old termination clause is not enforceable. So you signing this new agreement, you know, is only there to prejudice your rights, is, is, is to restrict your rights. Um, you know, so reach out to us even before you, you know, I tell people when I talk to them all the time, if you start new employment, you know, people I've helped get severance, I say, Hey, when you've started new employment or before you do that and you get a contract, send it over to me. Let's have a chat. We review those all the time. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Alrighty. We are back indeed a few minutes to go uh, 1-877-399-9898 that's uh, that's what's going on emails help at employmentlawyer.ca couple more uh, talking points when it comes to you know how does an employment lawyer really help me should i be making that phone call to darren yes you always should uh though if, if for instance this one which is if you can believe it's still an issue in the workplace even now but it's true helps you deal with workplace harassment by either your uh, supervisor or even a co-worker for that matter darren tell me about it uh, yeah, I mean, if if you're in a situation where you are, um, you know, being harassed or, or, or whatnot by by a supervisor or, uh, you know, an, an owner of a company, um, a direct supervisor, even someone at the same level uh, as you in in the in the organization, you do have recourse. Um, you know, the first thing I always tell people is. You know, if you have an HR department, a lot of companies don't, but if you do, report it to HR. Report the harassing conduct to HR, have them step in, unless you're comfortable dealing with the individual yourself. 
um, you know, if, if it's a friend at work, you can say, listen, I, I've got some issues with this. Please stop doing this. And if they persist, report it to HR, report it to someone in the company. You know, the company is required to take action. Um, you know, there, this falls under the jurisdiction, uh, harassment, um, you know, things like that falls under the jurisdiction of, of WorkSafe BC. Um, in BC, at least, same as Alberta, same as Ontario. There is workplace legislation in place to prevent you from being harassed in the workplace. And if you are, there are things that can be done. You, you know, there may be leaves you're taking, you can get coverage for lost wages, um, you know, but the, the, the base of it is, and it could lead to a termination, especially if you report it to the company um, and the company does nothing. And, and you know, I've, I've had a situation where that's happened, you know, for for example, the owner of a company who had send, uh, sent, um, you know, pornographic pictures to to other employees. It was a group of them, and and you know, perhaps it started out in in good fun or whatnot. But that that became an issue for one of the people in the group, and and they didn't know what to do. And so you know, they report that they you know first started dealing with the owner and said you know this is I'm not okay with this. This is you know evolved from you know fun photos and, and memes and stuff like that and jokes to something that is quite different from than, than what I you know consented to in the first place. And when that, you know, if that conduct doesn't stop, you report it to an HR uh, associate. And if you don't have an HR, you can go straight to WorkSafe. WorkSafe will come in and they will investigate. And if there is harassment, there's a number of steps they can take. Um, you know, and, and it may be, and I always tell people, come talk to us when that happens. Because if, even if WorkSafe gets involved, you know, they may be sensitivity training for that person, but it may have progressed to a point, and this has happened in a few cases I've dealt with, where the person says, I can't go back there. I, you know, this, the company did, you know, I reported this, I was so uncomfortable, I couldn't say, you know, couldn't stand going into work every day. And the company just took my, my concerns and ignored them. And like, why would I want to work for an employer like that? And made me feel like the bad person. Right. And, and, you know, for having reported that when it was, you know, quote unquote, all in good fun, um, you know, completely unacceptable. If that happens, you call us, you, you may, you know, we'll, we'll negotiate your way out. You know, we may be able to, uh, you know, assist you with a severance package. Um, the employer has a duty to assist you. If you're in a situation like that, if you're being harassed, if you're being, um, you know, bullied at work or anything like that, your employer, you know, has to help you, has to take action. And that number again, guys, you got a few minutes to call in. Uh, feel free to do it. Drop us a line. Talk on air. Toll free. 1-877-399-9898. And finally, how can Darren help you? Well, help you understand your post-employment obligations. What exactly does that mean, pal? So post-employment obligations, you'll often find in cases where you've got uh, an employment contract. And even if you don't, um, there are certain things that still follow you um, after you're, after you finish employment with someone. A lot of the times, a lot of people in, like a recent one I had actually, I use this as a great example. A, a recent person I, I assisted with their severance, they were, in a, they were a high-ranking individual in the company. Um, you know, they were, they were in the, you know, the C-suite as we call it. So they were, they were a chief financial officer. They obviously had access to very sensitive information of the company, not only strategies, but things like vendors, confidential information. Um, and, and, you know, when you're in an industry, uh, any industry, and, and you're in a, a top level or, or higher level supervisory, even management position, you will have access to information, strategies, um, and, and tactics that your company uses that competitors may want to get a hold of. Um, you have to be careful. You, you are, you are in a lot of cases, you are bound by either contractual in your employment contract or common law obligations. So just, just obligations at law, not to divulge confidential information. 
to other parties. And that's something to be very aware of because if you know something from company A, let's say marketing tactics, and they're marketing, um, this is a common one that you see, marketing tactics, demographics, who they target because they're, you know, they're doing great in the market. And another company says, hey, I wish I was doing as good as them. Let's poach this person and get all their secrets. If you do that and the other co- your old company suffers damages, they can come after you. If you give away all their secrets, their, you know, the, the secrets to, to what they do and, and how they become so successful and they then lose that, they can come after you. So, so, you know, if you're in a situation like that, reach out to us and, and let's have a chat about if you're concerned about either leaving your employment or if you're being terminated to understand what those obligations that, you, that are being placed on you are. Um, you know, even in situations where you've got, uh, you know, res- where you've resigned. You know, that's been a, a something that's come up recently. If, if you're resigning and you've got a resignation clause in your contract, um, if you have an employment contract, call us and speak to us uh, because there may be requirements for you to uh, adhere to that, to give the company a certain amount of notice to ensure that they don't suffer any kind of damage uh, with you leaving. For example, if you're a key individual in a contract and you just drop one day and they lose a ton of money, um, you don't want to place yourself at risk. Um, you know, come speak to us and, and, and let us, you know, navigate you through that. And because it is, there, there are very murky waters there and, and the, the results could be very um, damaging. Let's get to a, an email or two as we uh, get through the hour. Beth is up first says, hey guys, my husband works in construction. He has never been laid off in 10 years, but his employer just gave him notice of a layoff saying he may be called back end of May, June. What can he do? So that's a that's a great question, and, and and Beth, I'm sorry to hear about what your husband's gone through. The, you know, a key point here is, you know, that I want to hit on is he hasn't been laid off in 10 years, and so he has never consented to a layoff before. Um, the big thing is, is is if you are put on a layoff, and it's not a term of your contract. If you again, if you have that contract, um, if it's not a term of your contract that you're allowed to be laid off, this could be considered a constructive dismissal. This could be considered a termination of his employment if he doesn't agree to it. Now, the fact that he's, you know, being called back in, in, in May, um, you know, he can obviously take his, the employer at his, at his word and not, you know, not take that as a, as a termination of his employment and simply wait. Um, you know, there are, you know, timelines in place that you can only be laid off, you know, in BC, uh, for example, for, for 13 of 20 weeks. And then the law may consider you automatically terminated. Um, so if you are in a place where you're facing a, a potential layoff, you know, it's very, it's fact dependent as well. It's very fact specific as well. And so reach out to us and, and have a chat about what your rights and entitlements may be, what you may be agreeing to. Uh, and in this case, if, if let's say Beth's husband does want to agree to the layoff this, this, this once, make it clear you're doing it just once and you're not giving your employer the right to continuously lay you off over the next, you know, over the next 10 years. Um, you know, and, and, and so something like a communication saying, um, you know, I, I, I'll agree to be laid off until May, but only this once, yeah. um, you know, something like that to, to help you uh, protect your rights because you don't want to give your employer uh, the right to just continuously rate, lay you off. Let's get the uh, last quick call here in the last minute or two of the show. We'll get to Stacy. Stacy, thank you so much for, uh, for calling in. What's your, uh, what's your question? Oh, we just oh we just missed Stacy. She just uh, just uh, just let go. Stacy, you can always call us after the show. By the way, want to get to uh, Frank here. I guess one final email says, "Guys, my former employer found out that I'm working for a competitor of theirs and is now threatening to take legal action against me. Any quick advice?" 
So yeah, that that kind of ties into what we were just talking yeah. to before we hit that last that that last email there is that if you're you know simply working for a competitor is not enough in most cases to to have legal action taken against you. If you've stolen business, for example, that may be a cause for concern. If you've you know developed a, a relationship and we're priming a contract for your first employer and then jumped over to another employer, um, that could be a problem. Um, so so Frank, I think if your former employer has reached out to you. Uh, Reach out to us. Uh, it really depends on the situation, what kind of legal action they're, they're looking at taking. Um, yeah. You know, I would say don't communicate with them at this point. Just say, you know, reach out to us as soon as you can uh, to get an understanding of, of what your risks and rights could be in this situation. That's a sticky one to be in, Frank. And with that, we are pretty much uh, wrapping it up for the day. You want to reach out to Darren and his team now. Always uh, advised to do so. You can call in on, uh, on Monday, right? As soon as you can do that. Uh, that number again, one 821 5900 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And go, always go there first. The website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You'll have access to the severance calculator as well. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your week. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.